reminder of the wonder that we're to capture and continue to carry with us. So we trust that you had a time of enjoyment with the celebration of our Savior's birth. For those of you, I see many new faces that are in from out of town. I trust that you enjoyed the time here as well and that that time of wonder would carry on into the new year. In fact, I was thinking about something that helps draw my eyes upward. And This is the notebook or the folder that I carry with me each and every day when I come here to Faith Bible Church to the office. And in it, I carry a set of resolutions all year long. But they're not mine. They're somebody else's. These resolutions were actually written almost 300 years ago. And I want to read a few of them to you because they stand out so much to me that I carry them around. These are the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards. Being sensible that I'm unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. Remember to read over these resolutions once a week. Number one, resolved that I will do whatsoever I think to be most to the glory of God in my own good, profit, and pleasure in the whole of my duration, without any consideration of the time, whether new or never so many myriads of ages hence. Number four, resolved never do any manner of thing, whether in soul or body, less or more, but what tends to the glory of God, nor be, nor suffer it if I can possibly avoid it. Number seven, resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Number 43, resolved never to henceforward till I die to act as if I were in my own, uh, if I were in any way my own, but entirely and altogether God's, agreeably to what is to be found in Saturday, January 12th, 1723. I read these to you because I've highlighted them. These are some of the ones that I gravitate towards because when I read these, I'm reminded that there is someone that is more important than me. Even my commitments, what I desire for that year, what I have committed myself to is first of all directed by the one who is in charge and overall, God himself. Our children in the children's ministry learn this from a very young age. Even the two-year-olds learn that God is in charge. God is the boss. And yet, we need to hear this message as well. And at the outset of the new year, this is one that can remind us and can help us set course for all that we do. Because this is what we see from the Psalms, in one Psalm in particular, that reminds us that God is in charge. God reigns. And we have a response as it relates to his reign. So turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 96. It's there we'll see actually three responses, three right responses to a God who reigns in what it looks like to appropriately respond to him. The question we'll be answering is, what are those three responses to God's reign? And we'll be looking at that together today. And with each response, you'll notice that we get a very specific 
reason that's given for each particular response to God's reign. So we'll note those as we travel through this psalm together. This psalm is fitting for us as we start the new year because it has grand goals and aspirations. Its scope is huge. It's within a mini collection, but it looks at all the earth and God who is over all of it, who is worthy of glory. So join with me in reading this psalm that points to the God who is in charge. Psalm 96, starting in verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Proclaim good tidings of His salvation from day to day. Tell of His glory among the nations, His wonderful deeds among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all it contains. Let the field exult in all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. You'll note the first response that we get. It's in the very first couple of commands. It says to sing and tell. This is to announce. To announce the good news of his salvation. And the reason that we're to do that is because the Lord is worthy. Notice that first response to God's reign. That first command, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord. A new song. All the earth. Bless his name. This new song was to be sung from these new worshipers. These new ones who were coming to him. And even amongst his people, for those who had received new mercy, who had seen his deliverance and had experienced it, there was a new song upon their heart because they had experienced his deliverance. Notice also the second command. It says, proclaim. Notice in verse 2, midway through the verse. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. There's this idea for us to proclaim. And then in verse 3 it says, tell. Tell of his glory among the nations. To proclaim, to tell, to speak forth his salvation amongst all the peoples. Notice how often we're to be doing this day to day. This was to be a regular thing, a routine thing that we're to be doing, to be sharing. Now, in this context, in the context of the psalm, it's speaking of a time when they are coming from the exile. So the people of Israel are being drawn out of Babylon, coming back, rebuilding their homes, and yet they're to sing. 
They're to tell of the good news of salvation, that God is rebuilding their nation, that God has brought deliverance to them, and He's rebuilding them again. And yet we see not only like Israel, who had physical deliverance and spiritual deliverance as well, that this continues on as a theme throughout the entire Bible, that we all can experience salvation from this God who provides it. Our deliverance is spiritual now. And this is an encouragement to us to not only remember, because in order to sing and tell, we have to remember what's happened, but to speak of it, to announce it. We get the reason why. For great is the Lord, notice in verse 4, that for, anytime you see that, normally there's going to be a reason coming, the why. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. He is great. He is the Lord. And His works are great. In fact, there's a pun made here by the psalmist when speaking of these other gods of the nations, that they are idols. He's calling them empty, non-existent things. And the reason is because there is only one God who actually exists. And yet we see here that the way that we notice that is by the very work that he does. The Lord made the heavens. What have, what have these other gods done? They've done nothing. Yet the Lord has made the heavens. The one who rules over all. We see in verses 6, we see in verse 6 that we get a description of this Lord who is worthy. That there is splendor and majesty before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Here, it is speaking of the reference to Israelite kings, comparing God to an Israelite king, one who is over all. In, in Psalm 21.5, we see it say, His glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you place upon him. In speaking of one of the Israelite kings. And then in Psalm 45, thinking of Solomon and then on to a future king who is glorious. It reads, Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and your majesty. And so it's pointing to this God who is the king over all who reigns. And then notice also the, the two other attributes mentioned, strength and beauty. These point to the ark and where God's presence is manifest amongst His people. And it talks about how the ark in, in other places in the Psalms, it speaks of the ark being the footstool of God's throne. The king who is on the throne with his feet on the footstool of earth. And yet he reigns over all and he is worthy because he is He's seen in his character, even here. I'd like to return to that first announcement that was mentioned in those two verses from the commands to sing and to tell. Notice how those were mentioned as ways for us to announce. Now, some of us get a picture of this each week. A, a few of us guys go over to Wright Elementary School and we get a chance to, to connect with some of the kids. We go over there in, in order to build relationships with them. Many of them come from broken families, and we want to walk with them and, and be, a, be one who mentors them and points them to truth. And, and we're continually praying, asking God to give us opportunity to speak the gospel into their lives so that they might know the truth and they might be able to trust Christ and, and walk with Him. 
And one of my favorite times after we get a chance to spend with the kids is on our return journey back to the principal's office. Not because we're in trouble, because that's where we need to check out. So we come back up to the principal's office, and just as we arrive, every time without fail, they're starting the announcement reel. And uh, it's kind of fun, because they play over the loudspeaker some music, and it's always upbeat. It's like, you know, and, and you kind of get in a groove, and, and you're feeling good. And you can tell that they're, they're trying to speak, speak into the students and, and say, you know, this is going to be a good day. And then the principal comes on, and usually he highlights something that, that a few of the students have done, either like perfect attendance, some reason for him to invite them to the office for some kind of treat. So there's like a candy for them to pick up. So they, they, they trot on up after their names are announced, and they pick up candy for that time. And so we get to hear this singing and this telling of good news So the question for us would be, what's heard from our PA system? What kind of song and tell are we giving? Do we announce the good news? Are we pointing to this salvation which is true for people who trust in Christ and they can have this relationship with the God who reigns and who is glorious and who has invited them into this relationship and yet... They still might be at a distance from him. How will they know unless they hear the announcement of the good news, the salvation that we've experienced? Well, one of the ways that we might do this would be in thinking about the wild game feast as it comes up. Steve and Homer shared about how that was significant for them. We have a chance to invite those that don't know Christ to to be part of that event. They might be here during the Wild Game Feast. We might bring them to the the Sunday morning service where Dr. Larry Moyer shares about, you know, if if I need to be good enough to get to heaven, how good do I need to be to get there? Well, it's a bit of a trick question, isn't it? See, we we have this responsibility laid upon us. God even points to it in in 1 Peter chapter 2. Take a look at at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. These are two of my favorite verses because they call us to remember. We can never forget where we've come from because it leads us to a purpose that God has for us. Notice in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 2 what it says. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see, we speak of this salvation because we have received it and we have experienced this good news that we did not have before, but we now have. So in order to tell, we must not forget. We must remember what the Lord's work is in our life and think upon how we can speak it into the lives of those that God brings to us. So the first response that we see to God's reign is to announce His salvation. Let's look at verses 7 to 10 and see what the second response is. Let's read these again together. A 
Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. We see here response number two, that we're to worship the Lord because He reigns. We get it explicitly mentioned in verse 10, that He reigns. So the second response is worship. Notice that first term that's repeated three times in those verses, ascribe. Ascribe to the Lord, ascribe to the Lord, ascribe to the Lord. What does ascribe mean? It means to rightly give. This term is it's to give, to give rightly, to rightly give to God what is due Him. To rightly give glory to Him for His name. Notice who is included in this. It says, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. O families of the peoples. Everybody. This means that He demands that they rightly give worship to Him. Everybody. Nobody's exempt. Not just the group here in this room are we to worship Him, but all the families from the nations are to rightly give glory to God because He's the one that's made them and He is their King, whether they realize it or not. Ascribe to the Lord. Notice also how it mentions God's glory. This is similar, this term would be similar to like a heaviness, a, a weightiness, a, a very importance that is, that is true of God. He is, he is heavy in the sense that he's, he's so important, He's valuable. He can't be overlooked. He must be noticed. His very character must be seen and, and rightly cared for and noticed in, in who He is. Now, we also see that glory used in in different places throughout this passage, but it speaks of giving glory and worshiping. And and we see that term explicitly in verse 9, where it mentions that we're to do so in holy attire, that those that come to Him have to come to Him in a particular way. It says, worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before Him all the earth. There's a proper approach to him. One must come in holiness. They couldn't come just the way they wanted to. They had to come with the proper sacrifice, the right offering. Uh, rightly coming to him by the shedding of blood, they had to, there had to be a life that was given so that they could come to God. And we come to God in a way that is paralleled to that, only in a fullness of sense that the life of Jesus, who was given up, was given up for our sake so that we could partake His holiness and come to God in right standing. We could worship Him rightly and come to Him in that way. Now, notice also the fact that we see that term in in verse 10, the Lord reigns. This phrase is used explicitly here. We see it implicitly in that first part, that He's the God on the throne, the King on the throne who reigns. But here we see He reigns over all the earth. Indeed, the world is firmly established. He cannot be moved because He reigns. He judges the peoples with equity. So the reason to worship is the Lord reigns. I was reminded of this 
these verses a couple of weeks back. We had a Nepali Christmas celebration. This was down in the junior high room. It was it was quite fun. You should many of you I, I see faces that are smiling because you were there. There were there was food everywhere. I mean, it was just like food galore. American food, Nepali food, all around the Christmas time and. It was there was lots of smiles, lots of laughter. We'd invited these people to to celebrate our Christmas time with us, and uh, they're friends of ours. We we were enjoying ourselves. One of the one of the highlights that that I that I was able to enjoy was the fact that we had Christmas trees lit up, and we had and we had gifts for the children. So they came up and they joined me for a, a small devotional, and then I shared something with the parents. But then we got to give them the gifts, and they're like, "Wow, these are for us. These are great." But the thing that I loved the most from that entire time was not the part that I shared. It wasn't even the food, even though I love to eat food. It was what Pastor Brian did, uh, Pastor Brian Regeer. He taught the whole group the words to the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and then we sang it together. And it was, as I read this psalm, I'm taken back to that time because many from that group sang among the phrases... Glory to the newborn king. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. There's a call for all the nations to recognize the newborn king in those verses. Yet, it seems in small part they were singing it, yet their heart might not have realized it just yet. Because even just a couple of days later, a, a few more of them... A couple of the men came to me and asked about how they might use the building for a cultural festival, use Faith Bible Church for a cultural festival. I was like, okay, well, let's talk about this some. Um, I want to hear what, what you have in mind. And, and at, it was really interesting because at the end of each of those conversations, they said, and, and we just want to use the hall for this. And the other one said, and we just want to use the hall for this. And I looked around and I'm like, this isn't a hall. This is a church. This is a place where we take, where we talk about Jesus and we make much of Him. Where we talk about glorifying Jesus and, and moving people toward following Him. That's what we're about here. And yet there was a bit of a disconnect and, and yet there's an opportunity. It says, worship the Lord Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. There's an opportunity. They have yet to understand what it means to ascribe, to rightly give glory to the Lord, which is due His name, in particular in this place where we talk about that regularly. So we might say, well, where do I fit in? Perhaps you would join us. We, we go over to visit them on Saturday mornings for English class. Maybe it would look like joining in the Immigrant Fellowship. I know that many of those that are from Liberia and in the West African region, they reach out to those that are neighbors, friends of theirs, that perhaps need to know Christ and walk with them. Perhaps we join and we partner with them. So that the families of the nations might rightly ascribe the glory that is due His name. 
Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The second response. The third response we get in verses 11 to 13. Let's read these together again. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people's in his faithfulness. Be joyful because the Lord's rule will restore order. The third response to God's reign is joy. Be joyful. We get three different synonyms. Let the heavens be glad. Let be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let, let the field exult. All these point to the joy that was welling up from all of creation that was worshiping before the Lord, as it mentions in verse 13, before the Lord. Then all these will sing for joy before the Lord. Why? For He is coming. For He is coming to judge the earth. Now, when we see these verses, we think, He's coming to judge. Why would we be singing for joy? Why would we be shouting for joy? Well, don't think about it the way that we normally think about it as a New Testament believer. We tend to think of it as a, a criminal trial where we all stand account before the judge on the throne. That's not the picture that's painted in the Psalms. It's much more expansive and full. It's much more sweeping. When it talks about God coming to judge, it talks about God coming to restore and make things right. I was reminded of this on Friday. My daughter, my oldest daughter, Faith, she was talking to me about how she wanted me to come play with one of her toys on Friday afternoon. And I said, well, honey, I, I don't think I can promise to do that because I need to head back into the office. There's, I still have to finish up some of the message for Sunday. And she said, well, no, no, you need, to, you need to play with me on this because it's really important. I said, well, I would love to. I really want to. But I can't. I have to leave. And this was not good. Because she couldn't handle that. She broke down and there was tears and there was crying. And the end of the world was coming and I couldn't stay. I was like, oh wait, what can I say? What can I say? Oh, I remember. Dinner time. Hey Faith, I'll be back at dinner time and we're going to have a pizza party. Whoa! Instant change. It's like tears dried up. Oh, really? We're going to have a pizza party? Great! For all the kids in the house, you can appreciate that, huh? We do have a family church today, right? Pizza party, all will be right. Got the dipping sauce, got the breadsticks, got the pizza, got pop. Oh, wow. Perfect time. All is right with the world. That's what's being talked about here. You see... My daughter's countenance changed because she saw that what was coming in the future. She was anticipating something ahead and she overflowed with joy. When we see that the Lord is coming, and He is, we see that the Lord will reign and He does right now, then shouldn't we be filled with that same joy? Shouldn't the way that we sing... Be filled with joy as we anticipate that? 
I'm going to invite Pastor Brian to join us back here again up on stage. And as we do, remember that the right response to this God who reigns is not only to announce the good news to others, not only to worship the Lord, which is right and due to His name, but to help others to come to worship as well from all the families of the earth. But to be filled with that joy which all creation speaks of in Romans 8, verses 19 to 23.